0: Pirate line with a magazine, 10 rounds of boat make ready. Make it inspiring with your target appearance. Damn by contact on the big end. Make ready on the right, ready. Ready on the left, ready. Already on the firing line. On the little end top. Get those targets high in the sky. Get those targets high in the sky. From the well-worn counseling couch of Dr. Ron B. Smith Jr. Man,
1: it's worn out. That is for sure. That's funny that you say that because um, Rana keeps wanting to get a new one. Uh, we inherited that couch, and don't look at the bottom of it, right? Obviously, you can't because you're on a podcast. But let me paint the picture for you. It's kind of a light tan couch, and um, it's that it's a good sleeping couch. And, yes, I sleep on it. It has those pillow ends or whatever you call it. And when people sit on it, they just sink into it. But you know how you're, you're the back of your shoes hit couches in front man the bottom of that thing is worn out like it's just it's worn out right like it's time let's get rid of it <laughs> needs a coat of spray tan <laughs> needs, oh my gosh that's awesome well welcome back here we are episode four today we're looking at mind games man winning the battle inside your head now guys you got to listen to this one 15 years plus of research. Now, I've been in ministry 33 years. I started taking notes loosely um, over the years on things like marriage, um, parenting, men, women, and counseling sessions. And this one topic right here is the biggest topic, believe it or not, that I deal with when it comes to men. And not just men, all of us. Uh, but I say that a lot of guys don't think they need this, okay? So once again, here we are in the room. And in the room with us is our producer, Jacob Miller. Howdy, howdy, guys. He's the guy over here. You can't see it. There's buttons that are lit up green, purple, orange, blue. <laughs> uh, he comes in and sets up cords, wires, computers, and points at us and and dials in things and makes it happen also it actually uh, has nothing to do with the
0: podcast he's just over
1: there playing <laughs> are you serious it's like a big game it's like a big nintendo playstation or something it's video games for 40. It's video games. i just like pushing buttons he does like pushing buttons he knows the buttons that he's pushing so he's our producer and obviously you know newly married uh brand new dad that's kind of why we have him on here as well Um, He can give a lot of uh, insight. Rodney and I, well, we've been down the road a little bit. We've crossed a few Cracker Barrels in our day um, down the exit signs, traveling with family, and um, hopefully we've learned some uh, lessons. A new in the room, kind of behind the scenes, is Sydney Largespada. Hey, you. Right? She is in here, and she is learning the ropes, and she's just kind of taking pictures and laughing along the way. So, just trying to paint the picture for you. And She's actually sitting on the well-worn couch. That's right. right? That's right. right. Kind of behind digging her
0: heels into that well-worn bottom. Of <laughs> she's the couch. digging
1: her heels into that well-worn bottom. And you've already been introduced to the voice as well as the personality. But in the room is Rodney Kilborn. Rodney Kilborn is obviously on staff um, here at Waterstone. He is. He's my guy. What I mean by that is is He consults me on this. Is how you do the podcast. This is what you look for. These are the topics. These are the things. This is the wording. He's actually the guy that's the creation of a a lot of these sounds um, that you're hearing and so forth. Um, And so Rodney, I mean, you're Jacob's pushing buttons and producing, but you're actually helping like design and execute this. So, uh, but you know, every podcast, well, every podcast with men, I think you gotta have that one man that has like the manly beard (laughs) and that's really why you're here you're welcome (laughs) right whenever we go video um yeah people we're gonna gonna dial in on that beard right and and you're gonna get a sponsor for beard oil somewhere yeah Uh, i don't know right probably walmart axe or something i don't (laughs) know but uh, that'll be like the level but uh good to have all you guys back here together talking about supporting this topic and i'm telling you i'm telling you right now um, it's not just, you know, okay, before I say this, listen, to what I'm about to say for some reason we dial in on women and anxiety, women and emotions, women and mental struggles. Now, what I mean by mental struggles is not necessarily like, let's just say mental illness. Let me define that. I'm, I'm talking about insecurity. Uh, I'm talking about a voice in your head that tells you you're not enough. You're not going to make it. You're not providing enough. Your your wife doesn't think you know like all those mental battles that we face in our head that just kick us in the gut, sap they. It literally it saps our energy, uh, it, it saps our productivity, um, it, it causes us to to pull back. Remember we talked about this, okay? So manhood is 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 being pushed like out of bounds, like mm-hmm. and whenever media portrays dads, we're doofuses, mm-hmm. we're wimps, yeah, if we're even in the picture, yeah. And when we're in the picture, we're picked on, like we're stepped on. Um, and so with that, we tend to believe that. And so I hear more guys do negative self-talk than I've heard in a long time. Yeah, good point. They they do. And I even have to monitor myself with that. Rodney, I was just sharing that with you yesterday. Obviously, we were getting ready to do the podcast, and I said I, I had to take notice of of my own speech and my own language and my own head before I jumped into this, okay? So I'm telling you right now it's not this is this is not just an issue for females and kids. Mm-hmm. I think men are under more attack. I think they just don't know what to do about it or they think they should be strong enough to handle it so they try to overcome it. Yeah. But we got to acknowledge it and front sight is all about getting your focus where it needs to be so you become a healthy, godly, biblical man for yourself. Um, right. And to live out your faith. But then if you're married for your wife, if you have kids for your kiddos, if you're single for your friends that are around you and the influences. And mm-hmm. if 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 the Lord's not going to keep you in that single status, you know, some, some men, they feel like they're called to that. That's fine. Paul said it's better in some instances to not be married because you're not hindered in doing the ministry. That's fine if you're single. But still you've got an influence of friends around you. You don't want your head taken out of the game so you're not effective in in living out your faith for Christ. All right so let's let's round table this for just a moment. Um, somewhat new to you guys. There's a lot of times I just throw things at you and y- y'all do so well um, at, at catching and, and playing ball, if you will. Before we ever get into this, mind games, how to win the battle inside your head. Let's round table this for just a moment. You guys share both or pick one. If you had to say um what are the top mental again, not mental illness, we're gonna deal with that in a in a in another episode. I was but, gonna say that's my expertise. <laughs> oh okay, all right. Another podcast. Huh? I see the men standing outside the door waiting to check you in. I'm just kidding. Right now. Um if you had to say in your head, what are the things that that you battle with the most, if you want to share that, those personal things, or if you had to take a stab at it and say, what do you think most men, most men struggle with and work with? Whoever wants to you know, start, let's just round table this and just just talk this out. All right, Rodney, what do you got?
0: Well, you know, I think, well, I th- everyone struggles with sin. Everyone struggles with, uh, you know, kind of your predisposed yeah. weaknesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in my case, when I trip up on myself, reacting, whatever it is, you know, one of the many, you know, vices or, or you know, predisposed, predisposed you know, uh, reactions to things. It's really easy to get so frustrated with yourself that you forget about grace. Yeah. And you're just like, you know... um, you get sucked into it, like you know. I just oh, yeah. can't beat this thing. I oh, just yeah. can't stop. I just can't stop getting irritated. I can't, you know, whatever it oh, is, yeah. and mm-hmm. you and you just and you just get sucked into that vortex, and you you literally have to smack yourself in the head and go stop. Exactly.
1: Know? Yeah. No. If you want to keep going, I'm just I'm, I'm affirming because ex- what you're saying is spot on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just it gets it, it, you know, and if you don't stop, if you don't stop it. You know, you could be two days down the rabbit hole. Well, and then you start justifying. Well, you know, I might as well not bother doing this if I'm not even going to bother to like. What's the point of reading my book? This it's and you're just the devil's just. Oh yeah, just deconstructing. You know the, yeah. the tower that you're in, brick by brick, because you're you know you're. Uh, I mean. What's the point of reading
1: the Bible today if I'm this far out of my
0: out of my head? You right just now? nailed it right
1: I know. there. Yeah. I I hear that if if there was such things as as this statistic, out of ten times I hear out of ten conversations I hear that twelve times. <laughs> yeah, like I mean it's more than what you you would expect. So that's why I say all the time, and especially with this episode or this podcast, that's why I say biblical manhood has been has been pushed in the background. Well, when that happens, to your point, it goes underground. Mm. And so, wow. so what you just said—you get sucked into this vortex, you get drawn in and down under, and that's—we begin to learn to live in the background. So therefore, we begin to live underground. Yeah, yeah. right. So spot on, Jacob. What, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, it goes along the same lines, really. Um, I think one of two things. I've experienced it personally, and then I've also experienced it like with other guys my age and stuff. But um, like number one, it's like ex- like emotions, like. how to process those things Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of gets worked up in your mind but then another thing is like i know of a lot of guys my age is like they have a problem like thinking properly and in the way Mm. of like lust and Mm. like how to approach that or how to deal with it and like Mm. and how to overcome it is just one of the ways that just clouds your mind when really it should be clear and free and shouldn't be in the way Mm -hmm. but um that's one of those ways where we all deal with sin. We all deal with something
1: challenging in our minds, but um, it's
2: that silent killer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think the point that both you guys just made, and it's spot on, is once that happens, then you just you just go underground. You're yeah. like, like to Rodney's point, you're yeah. like, well, I'm so far down. Yeah. How am I going to get back out? Like, I haven't read the Bible in so long. Why try? I haven't really prayed with my wife. We're kind of in a routine right now, so why go? Why try to even go back to that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you and
0: you. I mean, I mean, it's taken me years of catching it sooner. Yeah, like you know, to where you start where the alarm goes off seconds, whereas you know when I was younger, the alarm wouldn't go off for hours. Days. That's another great point. You know, just wasn't in. I didn't inform myself enough on how to handle it. That's another great point.
2: Exactly, yeah, and it can happen slow too, like sometimes that mm. might be fast, but like it could be like, oh, like we stopped you know praying every night or you know, and then you just you get so busy, I think a lot of it is also busyness can mm. creep in
1: and yeah, it robs you, know. you, and yes, then you just fall victim to the yeah. busyness, spot on, spot on
0: or excuses,
1: yeah, yeah, now, the reason why I asked that question that way like right now, if you were to Google um. Which I did. If you were to Google what what do most men struggle with mentally, now, again, it's probably going to come up with like mental issues, like anxiety and maybe bipolar or personality, which those are real things. But if you go just a little bit deeper into the search, that comes up, most of the sources of what men struggle with do not come from men's magazines or men's publications; they're women's magazines. Mm. I found out, and there's nothing that necessarily wrong with that. My point is, like, there's not even a male contributor. All right, to show you a point, over yeah. the next four episodes that we've got planned out to deal with this, I'm having a hard time finding a a guest male personality to come and speak to it. Most of them are female counselors that want to come, that can come in, and they're they're qualified. You yeah. know, and many of them you know, yeah. they can come in here and speak awesome to that topic. But it's hard to find a male counselor that can come in. And as much less male resources, it's all female-oriented. Now, they're spot on. Yeah. The, those resources that I read, they nailed it. But if I'm a guy, I'm probably not going to go into Wawa. Do, do they sell magazines at Wawa? I don't think so. I'm not going to mm. go into like a drugstore or wherever they sell magazines and and go pick up Women's Day magazine and read how to handle my issues. Kind of like a female proctologist. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) happen, right? But you, you know what I'm saying? It's so. My point is, we we have to find. Men are having a hard time finding the resources, which is what I want to do today. I want to be one of those resources that guys can find. Let's dive into this. I want I want to get my hands on this because you guys have have hit it so much. All right, so yes, a lot of my experience that I share, I learned from my time, although brief, just under two years um, in the Marine Corps. That that going through that experience was so much more to me now looking back than becoming and being a Marine. It's what I learned from that. Let me let me share what I I mean by this, right? So when I look back, I really don't know how I made it as a Marine. Like I look back at now, listen, I played soccer, um, I ran, like I could run um as i've shared before i didn't really have a whole lot of upper body strength never really have i had legs for days and lungs for days but just not strong in other areas okay mm. now i went into the marine corps right prepared for that i had like the delayed entry program like i did the best i could i tried to go in and do all but here's what i found out right um push-ups and sit-ups were not that big of a deal but pull-ups man i struggled right i don't know if they called it it was what they called it when I was when you were there and I was there, but it was PCP, PCP platoon, pork chop platoon. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys that just couldn't hack the physical fitness test. And I was like, um, I don't I'm not like overweight. I'm like, like that out of shape. Why can I not do this? But here's what I found out. Even though I couldn't do pull ups, I I quickly learned that the biggest component to boot camp was not just the physical. Mm-hmm. There was an actual mental side to it now my drill instructor i mean my recruiter told me that mm-hmm. he was like ron the quicker you can get literally your head around the idea of what they're hat what's happening to you is it's more of a mental like they for the most part you you can do the physical they work you up into it and blah blah i mean it's hard but they work you into it but those that were the best in boot camp weren't always the strongest physically they were the ones who could pull it together uh, mentally, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's here's what I know. Like when they would do things like we mentioned in the last episode, when they would do like your 30 second countdown and and eyeballs and and don't be closer than one foot away and you you can't be one foot uh, any closer than one foot to a drill instructor, but a Marine can't back up. When he's one foot in front of your face, your natural response is to back up. Well but you lose. Like you've already lost both times. Yeah. Well you have to learn that's a mental game. They set you up to fail to teach you how to overcome that you know, right to win, and so the battle waged um, every day. And for that moment, um, every moment of the day is a mental battle. I would venture to say the average man feels like he can get out there and tackle the world, like physically, like I can do this today. Now, they may they may not have the product, but they suck it up, they get it done. But very seldom do we pay attention to the mental aspect that is actually just sucking life out of this. Now, now we know this. We know it's a mental game, right? And it's not the first time you ever heard this. I'm not the first guy to tell you this. But what do we mean by that? All right. Well, hang on. Let, let me Give me a moment to build this, okay? Think about it. Neurologists, they tell us that our thought, that listen, now this is powerful. Thoughts are developed in your mind. Now, remember, guys, there's a difference between your mind and your brain, right? Yeah. All right. The brain is what your mind thinks with, okay? So think about this for a moment. Now, they don't know exactly how thoughts are actually developed. They know that thoughts are developed in the mind, but they still can't. Why? Because you and I know that's that spiritual, immaterial part of who we are that cannot be explained other than just by divine creation. Mm-hmm. But hang on, here's here's what's powerful. Thoughts Form words and actions and behaviors. Did you hear that? Yeah. Now, those thoughts that are formed in our mind then make neural connections in our brain, which then what that does is that then begins to tell my body how to act, how to behave, how to respond. And it all began with our thoughts. So, listen, the root of all application in life ends and begins in your mind. Guys, listen, if you want to influence your words, your actions, and your behaviors, learn how to influence and even control your thought life in your mind. Mm -hmm. Jacob nailed it on one side when he said most guys his age are dealing with lust and the thoughts of that, right? So here's what we know about the brain from neurologists. And by the way, a great resource that I'm studying is almost anything you can get your hands on by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, I'm, you know, she's written uh, books like Switch on Your Brain. The one I'm reading currently is Think, Learn, Succeed, Understanding and Using Your Mind to Thrive at School, the Workplace, and Life. She is spot on. She's a follower of Christ. She amazingly ties in scripture to her, her studies. But here here's what we know, right? Here's what we know. Your brain— can be rewired. And she literally teaches people how to come back from severe mental difficulties and rewire the brain's neural connections um, to health. So here's what we know. If you want to influence your behaviors, your words, your actions, your thoughts, you got to control it in your mind. And the Bible is, is the greatest, most dependable resource on neurological study. Mm-hmm. believe that or not, all right? So here's what we're going to do in this episode. We're, go- we're always going to use God's Word as our standard, and then we're going to use the great minds of science that have been inspired by God through medicine, and we're going to learn how to bring the truths from the Word of God and what science is, is, the Bible is helping us discover is related to science. We're going to take both of those, and what we're going to do is we're going to put together a biblical educational thought process, um, and that's sort of our launching point, of how to how to win the battle in our head. So in this episode, all right guys, we're going to learn that we can know how to develop thoughts. Mm. Man, the power behind that. Yeah. How to take thoughts captive, especially thoughts that are toxic, thoughts that are negative, unbiblical, thoughts that attack our divinely created image and purpose, and ultimately thoughts that affect what is God's will for our lives. I'm just telling you right now, like whenever I sit down with men in this office, this is it. every time what I come back to, dealing with the thoughts in their head, thoughts that, that are telling them their marriage isn't worth it, their wife doesn't think they're worth it, how they you know, the, the mistakes maybe they've made in parenting, they're, they're, the, the, you know, the lack of respect maybe they get from their kids is because they're not worthy of respect, they're not good enough for their job, they haven't provided enough, so they just go underground.
0: Not, I'm not, telling not you.
1: limited to blue collar either. this is oh a problem with intellectuals and everybody yeah, yeah. no matter no matter the collar exactly right and, and no matter the stage of life yeah, which is what I love about what's around this table I mean I'm I'm dealing with this I'm and I'm helping dads deal with this in their sons and then their daughters that are already like 10 11 12 years old. I'm like wow. the thought process that's happening right now in your son and your daughter. It started for you. And to Rodney's point, remember when Rodney said it took him years to sort of the alarm system to go off? It's helping dads now see even that process happen in their children Mm -hmm. and giving them pointers to have conversations. Son, daughter, let me tell you what's happening in your head right now, right? I've been down this road. I know the exits. I know the restaurants and the gas stations. So in other words, I know what your mind is thinking. Let me tell you what I've learned on how to stop that process, okay? So this is, this is we're going to learn how to take our thoughts captive, okay? Here's, here's what we know. We know that God created you and I to think clearly, to think biblically, to think certain thoughts. We're, we're going to end with that, but I'm going to tease right now. The Bible tells you and I to think on certain things, okay? And we're going to learn how to think on that. So we here's what we learn in Matthew 28, the Bible says that that all in Joshua chapter 4, all the people of the earth are commanded to know the love of God, that there is a, love, a God to fear that message hear that sa- message of salvation with hopes of everyone receiving Christ. Now now why do we hear that, right? Because at the moment of salvation, God has gifted each and every one of us the ability, 2 Peter chapter 1, with the divine nature We've been given everything we need in Christ Jesus to overcome our mental battles. The moment you become a follower of Christ, the devil's going to start attacking you Mm -hmm. with your thoughts, okay? Now, here's the good news. The good news is all of us that that are struggling to fight the battle of the mind. There's not a a man listening that's not struggling in some area of what it means to, to capture their thoughts. Funny story. Well, I think it's funny. Um, In the second church that I pastored, I had a young man who was a deacon, and his first question to me was, I've been divorced, I've been told I can't be a deacon, can I serve as a deacon? So he went down this conversation, well, tell me about your divorce, because another episode, but there's actually biblical divorce and unbiblical divorce, and he qualified, obviously, for um, an unbiblical divorce based upon the actions of his wife. So the answer was, yes, you can serve. And then he goes, "All right, well, I got to tell you more." And he said, um, "My life was so bad during that divorce." He said, "I, I, I unsuccessfully attempted suicide three times." Wow. Yeah, he's twenty eight years old, and I just turned twenty nine. We were very close in age. And he goes, "But let me ask you a question." He was real funny. He's let me ask you a question. He goes, "Do you have papers that say you're sane?" And I went, "No." like we were really good friends i was like i don't like like where do i get that like i don't even think google was out then this was like 1998 Right And so um, I was like, I don't know I don't where to get that. He goes, I, I'm probably the only one in this church that have papers that prove I'm sane. So what do you mean? By-? He goes, well, I checked myself into a mental institution, and they released me with a, with a certificate that said, you're mentally sane. <laughs> and he goes, so as far as I know, he goes, I'm the only one walking around that's mentally sane because nobody else has that paperwork. <laughs> I mean, we died laughing at that. And I was like, that's actually a really good point. Like this was after hours of him sharing his story with me. My point is this not many of us carry around papers that say we're mentally sane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're still struggling to take our thoughts captive and how to do that. Now, another book I'm reading and it's not necess- it's well, it's not spiritual, but it's a good book. Have you guys ever read Sun Tzu the Art of War? Oh yeah. Mm-mm. It it is Rodney, is this correct in saying this? He's like the Confucius. It's it's nothing but statements, right? It's like statements of war he's like these are nothing now they're divided into sections yeah about mental battle and physical battle and strategy mm. it's phenomenal uh it, just to read that there's a lot of his thoughts that he gives that you can easily translate over into scriptural thought here's one that he made listen if the mind is willing the flesh could go on and on without many things huh. yeah I mean that's actually a biblical principle, right? So we know that we we know that if the mind is in is in perfect shape, then the rest of me can operate. Maybe in deficiency for a moment in certain areas of my life, but it's all about getting my head where it needs to be. Yeah. and if your head's not where it needs to be, you're you're going to lack productivity. You're going to lack energy. You're going to lack desire. You're going to be very apathetic. You're probably, probably going to give up. You're going to quit trying. You're going to go underground. You're going to operate on empty. I said that episode one. Most of us men in some level are operating on empty, and the human body emotionally can operate on empty. Yeah. When your car is out of gas, it stops. When your stomach is hungry, it growls. Emotionally, and again, to Rodney's point, the body does signal that it's on empty, but if we don't know how to read it, it might take us years to be like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. So what I want to teach us and go through is what I've learned in research and in my my own life. So let's, let's set the stage for where we're headed, pun intended, where we're headed. All right, the mental game begins in the mind, which begins with thoughts. The Bible encourages you guys. Listen, the Bible encourages us to take our thoughts captive. Well, how do you do that, right? That's churchy language. That's Bible language. Yeah. For for the average dude that may not be in the word or or even if he is, and he's like, well, what, is, what does that even mean? Let me let me walk you through that, right? And you guys chime in with your own experience. Here you go. First of all, you guys, you gotta wake up every morning and realize you're the target of deception. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that the devil hates biblical manhood. Mm. The devil does not want you to be a productive follower of Christ. Number one, he does not want you to be a productive male follower of Christ. Number two, he does not want you to be a godly husband, a godly man, a godly follower, a godly businessman, a godly influencer in your community. He does not want you to be strong in the faith, which means strong mentally. So you have to get up realizing that every day you're a target of deception. Mm. You cannot get up without guarding your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the devil, the Bible says it this way: Be on the alert. The devil's a roaring lion, seeking whom he may have tea with. Yeah. Right. Right. No, he's who he's going to devour. He's not out to sit down and have tea with you and have an argument with you and hope to convince you. He's out to destroy you. Mm -hmm. You're a target of deception. Here's the next one: Well, you got to recognize the enemy. Okay. So every day we have to tell our minds, not your brain, your mind to be on guard for that. So you already have to wake up and get those those thoughts in order. A lot of guys can't go to bed at night, can't sleep at night because their head's just it doesn't stop running. Yeah. Whether it's a bad dream, whether it's a nightmare or thinking whether thinking about work, thinking about work, reviewing mistakes that are made. Mm. I mean, whatever's going through their head, listing the faults, lies like you're not a good dad, your kids don't respect you, you're not a good husband, your wife thinks you're a joke. Um, the, your boss is seeing right through you, your employees, right? Whatever lies, the devil just fills your head with. Don't even bother reading the Bible. You're not going to understand it. Last time you prayed, it didn't work. You didn't get an answer, mm-hmm. right? You don't have time for this. A lot of guys just can't, like the head just keeps on. Guys, you got to realize that you're, you're, you're a target of deception. Yeah. And you have to recognize the enemy. Now, here's the next big one. You have to remind yourself, man, listen to this. Remind yourself, you're in a matrix. Mm, Yep. Mm. Now, I wish you could see. um, I'm gonna try to spell it out for you visually, like so you can see this literally in your mind. Things are not what they seem. Capital S, capital E, capital E, lowercase M. Mm. Things are not what they seem. Have you ever noticed the word "see" is in the word "seem"? That's for a reason, right? You and I have to be remembered every day. We literally wake up in a matrix. We live in a fallen world and there's multiple philosophies of what life is made of. And even in this world we live in our culture, tells us what quote unquote a dream is, right? Like the American dream or this dream or political dream or right? right? Like even as a pastor, I have to remind myself that the true measure of a church isn't its size. The true measure of a church isn't its budget, isn't its how many staff and how cool the screen is, kind of a thing. Like American culture tells us to measure it in these ways: nickel noses and numbers, budgets, baptisms, and buildings, kind of a thing. After remind my, myself, it's all about discipleship. Yeah. So we we have to wake up and realize we're in this matrix. We live in a world. Listen, we live in a world, and the world that we live in is real, but the world that we live for is unseen Mm -hmm. man all right from the get-go how hard is that to operate like that right that the world we live in is real yeah i mean it's real hands hands hands-on work head and heart in the game feet on the pavement that's the world we live in yeah but the world we're living for is unseen Guys, you gotta you gotta learn how not to live for what is seen. You have to learn to live for now, watch what is unseen. When I see that, then I know how to operate with what is seen. Yeah. Can we just remind ourselves that's, that's of your red pill? Yeah, right. Can we just remind ourselves of front sight? If I focus on the rear aperture, mm-hmm. the front sight will never come into focus, nor will the target. If I focus on the target. Neither the front or the rear are in 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 alignment. Yeah. If I focus, if I focus on the front sight, the rear comes into, and if the target is blurry, boom, I'm on. So many guys, they wake up and live in the past, looking at the rear aperture, the thoughts that they that they can't deal with. Yeah. A lot of guys wake up and look for the target yeah. instead of the front sight. You have to remind yourself, stay on the front sight, stay on the front sight. When I learn to live and see the unseen world that I'm living for, it helps me operate in the world I'm living in. Man, you've got... Okay, so here's what I mean by that. Everything that you relate to in your fleshly senses must be filtered through a spiritual sense. Mm, there you go. The mistake most guys make is they get so far down the fleshly sense, they all of a sudden try to throw in the spiritual filter And it gets clogged. Mm. You mentioned it, Rodney. You mentioned it, Jacob, right? So, this is what we have to do. How do I do that? I mean, can I just give? can we talk this out? How do I do that? What am I, this honestly, this is my favorite word (laughs) in the entire Bible, and it's in the King James Version. But I love this word, I love the way it sounds. I'm like a, a, I'm a wordsmith, right? I am a Smith. Anyway, I'm a word Smith. Pun I, intended. Pun intended. I, I love this word. The Bible tells you and I in the Book of Ephesians in the King James Version to walk circumspectly. Mm, circumspectly. I love that word. I love the word circumspectly. Now, in short, it means it means view life like an assembly line. Mm. You let by what is good, you take off the line what is bad. You're literally evaluating everything that's coming across your scope mm. of seeing vision. Wow. The only way I can identify what is bad is is knowing what is good in the world I'm living for, not living in. When I have that filter... It, it's no problem taking stuff off that assembly line. I mean, is it not true that every day, I mean, they they, t- they say that we sometimes will think 50,000 thoughts in a minute. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. That's how fast your brain is constantly moving. How many of those thoughts would, I mean, just venture a guess. How many of those thoughts are probably negative? I don't know. I a, let's just dumb it down. Let's just say our brain thinks 10,000 thoughts a second. How many would you get? I don't. I, I don't know if there's science out there or not, but I'm guessing probably an overwhelming majority of those thoughts are probably negative. Yeah, yeah. probably
0: sure. seventy-five to eighty percent easy.
1: You know, when they, when it comes to raising children and even in our own life, they say for every one negative you hear from somebody, it takes forty-two positive comments to overcome that one neg- negative statement you just heard. Wow. Mm. Think about how many negative statements our kids hear during the day. And now you got to when you when you get them at home, you're probably trying to speak 492 thousand affirmations into their life and their heart because of how much negative it weighs them down. Yeah, and now with social media, mm. they're seeing that every post, and if it's not something somebody's saying to them, they're supposedly looking at the best life everybody's living or you know where they're hanging out. Think about that for just a, guys. You got is negative, which is a, negative
0: because it, it's telling you you don't have it
1: exactly. And then they're going through the mind, why don't I have it? How did I get it? Why can't I get it? Why was I not included? Walk circumspectly, Mm. okay? You got to renew your mind. The Bible says the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. So what does that mean? That means every morning I got to clean out the filter from yesterday. I can't. So many guys, no wonder you're weighted down mentally. You're carrying around 20 years of baggage of bad thoughts, Mm. You gotta, when the Bible says, now listen, renew your mind. I'm gonna get to that in just a moment. That is actually a neurological principle of called neuroplasticity. Hmm. You're gonna hear a lot. That that topic is hot now, like almost everything you put your hands on nowadays, and thanks to Carolyn Leaf and many others, one more time, neuroplasticity. That's being that is a hot topic. That's basically saying rebuild the brain. That's a, that's the biblical way of saying renew your mind. Like, mm. you you have you have the ability to rewire neural synapses. All right, stop, stop. I think I think of like a
0: old fashioned
1: yeah. telephone operator
0: movie connecting the lines. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Have you ever seen that, Jacob? You ever? I've seen it in a movie. <laughs> there you go. See right. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Can I get BR549 please ma'am? You know, for you guys that don't know that that's yeah, so no that's a, that's a great image of exactly right. She's reconnecting you to where you yeah, she's pushing unplugging and plugging in. The Bible says that's what renewing your mind means. Okay, the brain, believe it or not, is actually lazy. Yeah. Neurologists tell us. I believe it. Yeah, the the brain likes the path of least resistance. Mm. So whatever you think about the most the brain just follows that. Mm-hmm. Instead of being proactive and saying, um, you probably shouldn't think that, let me connect you over here. No, the brain follows that like water. So whatever you think about the most, that's why we say whatever you think about the most you become, that's true. Because your brain says, well, that's just what's happening right now, so let me develop around that. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So you ha- you can actually teach the brain how to rewire itself and and make those new connections. The Bible says it this way: It says, "Think on these things," meaning Jesus says, "Whatever's lovely, whatever's a, of good report, whatever's praiseworthy," like you have to find the right things to think on, rather than dwell on the things that you shouldn't. Why? Remember, when I do that, I'm producing the right thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Now listen to this next word, because it's it's not a, a, a culturally apropos word because they don't understand it. We're actually told in the Bible to judge others and judge things around us. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to preach a sermon soon about what it means to exercise proper judgment. People are like, oh no, Christians don't, we don't judge. That's, That's up to God. God's the judge. No, the Bible actually says that I am to judge a person's thoughts and intentions in my life and sort of draw boundaries. Now, that doesn't mean judge like... Um, like we're the judge jury you know and prosecutor that's not what that means it means evaluate the health of that thought evaluate the health of that intention evaluate the health of that influence in my life and we think oh no just just let that be if God, no 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 listen you have to judge others and things around you circumspectly to see if it's worth which leads you into you have you got to start discerning the spirits yeah all right I had a phone call. I won't go into a whole lot of detail on this one. Sorry I about call. that. Yeah, <laughs> I had a phone call the other day, and I never answer um, phone calls that come through, like with no name. I answered this one. Don't know why. God knows. And I'm trying to figure out how to shorten this story. This guy felt like he was told by God to inform me of a situation, which I knew about, that had happened in, in the church, not really in the church, had happened to a former member in our church that had happened and how this this person's actions weren't the best. And this should be the church's actions. Mm-hmm. And his little word his literal words were, um, the ball's in your court. I'm doing what God asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me tell you how God operates. Like, not in an arrogant manner, but I was like, what you're doing right now, that is not how God never says that to people. God never says, call up the church, says the ball's in your court. The Lord told me to do this. Like, it, There's so much more of the story. And I was I, at a meet, I was like, Lord, help me discern the spirit of this guy.
2: Mm.
1: And I began asking more questions. And I, and, I, and, and the, more I, the more I heard from him, we weren't the only church he was doing this to. Mm. The more he talked. And I was like, it kind of sounds like, and I said, so here's, here's what I'll do. I'm going to be praying that the Lord changes your discernment process because I don't think you're serving him the best by how you're approaching things like this. Mm. If I would have just... Honestly, his argument at first made me feel guilty. I was like, gosh. But then the more I prayed about it, I was like, no, that's not godly guilt. No, that's not... Something's not right here. Mm. You're going to have a lot of voices that come into your life that they want to tell you this is God's will. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I tell I said, listen, what you're quoting is very close to scripture, but it's off. And if it's off from scripture, it's off. And man, that was kind of hard to say to somebody instead of just acquiescing and saying, Okay, let me see what I can do about that. Path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. I had to stand up. I had to stand up against I said, This was not this is not the right um spirit. So again, we're talking about the world we live in as a matrix. Yeah. Um have you ever gone to a, um a local uh county fair or something like that did you ever do the house of mirrors anybody ever do that yeah i've done it. it's weird it is it makes you look all wacky it it makes you look wacky but inside the house of mirrors like after a while you get seriously disoriented like no matter how many times i went into the house and going that way's the exit Mm. i got turned around yeah i was like wait wait where am i And it took, like, a number of us to say, like, no, over here. Because, right, mirror up against mirror up against mirror totally disorients you. Um, And so, yeah, that's the world we live in. It's mirror reflecting off a mirror reflecting off a mirror to just disorient you from what is actually the truth. Guys, you you got to know the devil wants to throw you in an absolute matrix, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Now, here's the next one. You have to learn how to build a defense in your mind. Now, most women know how to do this better than men because they're aware of it. Yeah. But I think guys just kind of bravo up in life. You know what I mean? Like we're just like, wow, let's get her done. And we don't think to actually build a defense in our mind. I'm going I'm to give you some tudes, T-U-D-E. I'm going to give you three tudes um, of what dudes should do. All right? <laughs> And, and you're, it's probably not going to sound like the best prescription at first. You're not going to think it's very manly. Number one, the best way to start developing a proper thought life is you have to develop an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Now you've heard that before. Let me let me put it let me put it another way. Most guys that come in for counseling think they're not blessed. They're not enough. They're falling behind. When I start pointing out to them how blessed they are and what they have and what's in front of them, they're like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need to reframe the situation that you're in and see this like this. And they're like, I never thought about that. I'm like, man, you are you are so blessed right now. I mean, in this area. And I'm like, start thanking God for that situation. Start thanking Him in that. Start thanking Him that for instance, like your daughter actually came to you to have a conversation about what was happening. Yeah, you're overwhelmed right now that what's happening, how could you let that happen? How could you not have either protected her or seen that or helped or were you so busy? Like, you know, you start blaming yourself as a parent. Yeah. But right now, thank God that you've got a daughter that's still talking to you. And he's like, you're so right. I'm like, yeah, like literally like snuggle up to that. Like, keep that conversation going. Do you know how many dads their kids don't talk to them, mm-hmm. don't share? I'm like, you have got to start, and and neurologists will tell you, the one way you start rewiring the brain is develop a thankful attitude.
0: Didn't you say earlier this week when we, you were talking conceptually about this, you used the term robbed, that yes. really hit me, is like, we're being robbed, yes of. The joy in the perspective, uh, it, I mean, I mean, and the devil works full time, and I that really hit me pretty hard. Like, it's literal. You are literally being robbed of that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I don't know what that what resonates with men about that the most, but in all the com- conversations, that's the illustration I end with. And, and I'm like, if if we came in here to meet and you had a hundred dollars and you left and the hundred dollars was gone, you know, oh, I misplace it. If you met with Pastor Ron again, a hundred dollars was gone. You're like, huh third time, you'd be like, wait, common denominator here is Pastor Ron. No, no, surely served Pastor Ron wouldn't take $100. And I said, what would you do if you found out I was the one that actually took $100 from you? They're like, oh, man, I'd be mad. I'd do this, I'd, you know, whatever. I might not come back to the church. I mean, all kinds of reasons. And I'm like, every day you think like this, the devil's robbing you. Hmm. Why are you not mad at the devil? Yeah. Why are you not kicking him in the teeth? Like, mm-hmm. why? Why why do you wake up every day and you let the devil rob you? If you'd be mad at me taking a 100 bucks, why right. are you not mad at the devil for robbing your marriage, robbing your children, robbing you, robbing your job? Get mad.
2: Recognize the enemy.
1: Recognize it. You're being robbed, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, wake up. Change that. So gratitude. Here's another one. Plentitude. Yeah. Plentitude. That's another attitude. Realize that what you have is enough. And that what you have and who you are is sufficient. Which is
0: opposite of what the world tells you.
1: Exactly. You, You never have enough. Exactly. My goodness, how many times as a dad have I thought, I need to be providing more things, stuff, whatever, for my kids, only to realize that they enjoy it, but that's in the end game, that's really not what they wanted. Like Some of their greatest memories weren't the things I bought or provided. It was the laughs, the jokes, the the time. Un, the time yeah, it was the tea parties, I had all girls, it was the tea parties, it was the the ballerina dances, it was the moments under the tree, it was yeah. And so often I think that I'm not enough or what I have is not enough. No, start believing it is. Mm. You have enough. And here's the third tude for dudes is abilitude. Okay, mm. not only is what I have enough, but I have been given the ability to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. Where we get into trouble as guys is when we do take on more than what God intended for us to take on. But know this: God will give you the ability to accomplish His will. Now, here's my—we're winding this up. One of the biggest lessons I learned, super unintentionally, was one of a one of a greatest supporters in the early church first church i pastored i was 24 25 and man talk about young and in manure right um i had the guy say that you're not young and immature you're just young and in manure you know <laughs> um this guy just followed me and he said all right i got to teach this young man just some simple little things well this wasn't a lesson that day Um, He had been a smoker since he was like 15. He was 61 or 62 at the time, and he um, had tried many, many times, and he had this one counselor. And after all those years of being a chain smoker, he was able to quit smoking. He goes, you know what she did? She literally told me to change my routine. Hmm. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, she walked me through. He goes, all right, tell me what you do every morning. Like, just walk me through. He says, all right, I get up. The alarm clock goes off at 6.02. 02. And the first thing I do is sit up on the side of the bed, and I light up a cigarette. And I finish that cigarette. I get in. I take a shower. After the shower, I light up another cigarette. He's like, she's like, walk me through every like every minute. Don't miss a moment. Mm. And he goes, all right. I light up the cigarette. I go out. I get coffee. I eat breakfast. And he says, I get in my truck. I turn the truck on. Like he she says, like, every detail. I turn the truck on before I back out of the driveway. I light up a cigarette, and then I drive. She's, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up and go get coffee. Then I want you to come back and take a shower. And then he even went to this detail. She said, which way do you back out of your driveway? He says, I back out to the left. She goes, I want you to back out to the right. She changed everything about his habit of the morning. And as soon as she did that, it disrupted yeah. that chain of Thought addiction. That mm. link. Huh? That neural link. She disrupted that neural link, and he goes, man, all she did was tell me to back out of my driveway to the right, not the left, and, ha- and, and, and reorder my morning. And for the first time in, I don't know the math, 40-some years, I've quit smoking. Yeah. R- routine is powerful. Routine is pi- – in the mind, it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And the mind builds its routine based upon what we feed it. Yeah. And she changed what, how he, fa- this is, I didn't know this at the time, but that's, that's class 101 for breaking addictions. Mm. Change your routine, mm. right? Because you, it's, your habit is built into your routine. Yeah. You change the routine, you change the habit. Now that opens the mind to build a new pathway um, of thinking. All right. We're going to finish with this in just a few minutes, but I want to build on this the next few moments. Of episodes, you got to learn to rethink.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna rattle these off kind of quickly, all right? Because here's what I mean. When I say rethink, think on the words are or the letters R E R E. When I say rethink, guys, you got to learn how to replace. So once you learn to change your habit, well, you have to fill that habit process with something. So now that she took away that that smoking opportunity at bed after shower before he pulled out of the driveway, you have to replace it with something. Okay. Yeah. So replace those old habits with good habits. One of them is to replace them with scripture, with worship, with prayer, with other conversations. So replace. Here's another one. You got to learn how to reframe reframe. All right, can I try to can I can I draw a visual in your head right now? Yeah. If, all right, if you guys are driving, don't have a wreck. Um if right, oh, if you're at breakfast time wherever you're listening to this, don't let it totally distract you. But all right, Imagine on a canvas right now is painted a scene where there's dark gray clouds, say in the upper left of the frame. Mm. In the bottom, middle to bottom right is orange clouds and a sunset. Do mm. you got that? So kind of upper left is cloudy. Bottom right is orange and sun. Yeah. All right, that's in one frame. Take a smaller frame, independent. And just put that frame up around the gray. What I've just done is I've taken an entire picture that has both, but now I've put in a smaller eight and a half by eleven frame only over the gray clouds. Hmm. All it takes for me to do is to take that eight and a half by eleven frame and just move it down to the bottom right. And now I see orange and sun.
0: Readjust your focus.
1: Yeah. Readjust your focus. You got to re readjust your focus. You got to reframe. After a while, the brain frames your thinking around dark clouds only wow. when the orange and the sun is just down in the bottom right corner. Hmm. If you'll only learn how to reframe thoughts, questions, and situations. So you got to reframe questions, your thoughts, your view, your futures, which will help you. Here's the last RE. It was replace, rethink, reframe. It'll help you rebuild. All right, so we're going to spend a number of episodes um, upcoming on what it means to actually visualize the rebuilding of your brain. So let me end with this, guys. Thank y'all for listening um, and hanging in. A bit, but stay with me on this last point because you got to get this. When the Bible says think on these things, remember, thoughts form words which form actions, feelings, and behaviors. Okay? So you got to learn how to think on these things. Guys, that's how you win the battle in your mind. You can do it. I know you can. Thank you for jumping in on this mind games. It's a game, mm-hmm. and your mind wants to play with it, but you play with your mind and you win the battle in your head. You guys can do it. Like, share, invite, subscribe. We need you guys to build this with us so we can get more guys dialed in and focused on the front site.